Well, as, as Sarah was saying, over the past few weeks, uh, we've been focusing on, uh, we've taken a journey through Lent, and we've been focusing on those events of, uh, of that first Easter that led up to Easter. Uh, we focused on the people of the cross was the title of our, of our series. And we looked at the arrest, the trial, the, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus uh, through the eyes of, of individuals who were actually there and present at those events. Uh, this morning, we return again to our, our Multiply series, where a series we'll be reading our way through the book of Acts, and uh, the book of Acts written, of course, by Luke, Dr. Luke, and uh, recording the, the birth and growth of the early church. Uh, so in Acts, so far, we've already seen the, the multiplication of the gospel, of, of healings, of salvations, the multiplication of the number of Christians, of the number of congregations, uh, as the gospel has spread across uh, the Mediterranean, the, the Middle East, and and up into Europe. Uh, and we saw too that we had much to learn from the book of Acts. The, 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 the 21st century church has much to learn from the first century church um, as, we, as we read through and share God's word together uh, in this way. So before that, we'd gotten up to the Acts 21 uh, chapter. We witnessed the birth and, and uh, spread of the church. Um, and it was while uh, Paul had in Acts 21, Paul came back to Jerusalem to bring a missionary report uh, to tell of God's work uh, and how the church was, was growing. And it was when he was back in Jerusalem that the Jewish authorities came up against Paul. And they had him arrested by the Roman uh, authorities. And it was while Paul was being led away and uh, being arrested uh, that he asked to be allowed to speak to this hostile baying mob that were there uh, wanting to well, wanting to, 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 to do him harm, uh, let's just say. And as he speaks, uh, we'll read from Acts 22. So if you'd like to turn to Acts chapter 22, the words will be on the screen. Um, or if you want to take a Bible out from under the, the seat in front of you, it's on page 1119. Uh, and we'll read some uh, verses from Acts 22. Uh, and as, as Paul speaks, he shares his story. He shares his testimony. And it's that idea of testimony that we'll be looking at a little bit later. So, reading from Acts 22, uh, verse 1, Paul says this. He says, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I, stuttered under, I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison, as the high priest and all the council can, can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished." About noon as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus. 
because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance, and I saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately, because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another, to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Amen, amen. Let's pray together for a moment as we come to to study God's word. Father God, we thank you that just as surely as you were present with, with Paul, on the road to Damascus that day. So the risen Lord Jesus is present also with us in this place today. Present with us by his word, his living word, and present with us by his Holy Spirit. So Lord Jesus, we ask that you would give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, hearts to respond to you. Show yourself to us, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the the Apostle Paul, he was just one of the most powerfully effective ministers and people for Jesus. He he, he was unique, yes, but but we've much to learn from him. He he led many to Christ. He planted numerous churches, and he, he wrote half of the books of the New Testament. So I think it is well worth our time to spend a little bit of time in the presence, in the looking at the life and the story of this remarkable man, this remarkable servant. And as we do so, we ask ourselves, what can we learn from Paul and from his story here this morning? And you see, as we listen to Paul's story about Jesus, that that same story starts to inform our own story. As we listen to Paul share his story, we we learn how we also might share our story better and be more effective for Jesus as well. In the very first chapter of Acts, Jesus says to his followers, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you see, basically, the whole book of Acts is about Christians witnessing to the power and grace and truth of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. It is about Christians sharing their stories of Jesus, and as they do, God is at work powerfully by His Spirit to multiply the number of Christians, to multiply the number of congregations and churches across the region. And as it was then, so it is now. You see, one of the most powerful tools in the hands of a mission-minded, church-building God is a testifying Christian. 
a Christian who is willing to share, like Paul, their story of faith. So this morning, uh, let me ask you, I wonder how are you feeling about sharing your testimony? Maybe at this minute you're freshly inspired by the recent events of Easter and your, your, your Facebook book messaging every two moments and, and you just can't wait to get out amongst people to be telling them about Jesus. Or maybe on the other hand, the idea of, of sharing your story, sharing your faith with others, it, it fills you with dread and you just want to run a mile in the other direction. Well, all of us are on this spectrum somewhere and we all have something to learn in this regard. So what can we learn from Paul this morning? What might help us in our witnessing for Jesus and sharing the good news of the, the kingdom of God? You see, I think as we look at Paul's testimony, we also get a model for our own. Now, let's be clear about this. God works with everyone differently. He really does. He comes to us. He encounters us. He deals with us through a personal and individual relationship. And just as we are all different, so God deals with each of us differently. So it is with faith. For some people, some people come to faith through a dramatic event like Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. They do, but other people on the other hand, they come to faith through a much more gentle and gradual process like, for instance, Timothy did. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul writes, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. A faith gently passed down through generation the generation in the family, and now held sincerely by Timothy. But however we come to faith, we have something to learn from Paul's story. Because he effectively shares his story in three sections. And I think we can usefully follow that same pattern. In these, three, in these verses that we've read, Paul, Paul shares his life. It was like verse 3 to 5, he says, before he came to faith in Jesus. Then verses 6 to 16, how he came to faith in Christ. And then thirdly, 17 to 21, the difference that Jesus has made in his life. That's a model that we too can share as we come to share our faith, our story with our families, our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors. As we too seek to effectively witness for Jesus, to see his church grow, to see his kingdom come. So Paul starts with that first section before he came to faith in Jesus, verses three to five. He says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, that's Jerusalem. I studied under Gamaliel, was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. He says, I persecuted the followers of this way, that's Jesus, to their death arresting men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can, test, can, can themselves testify. Then he says, I obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Now we have a number of different secular and, and, and biblical sources that inform us of the life and times of Paul. 
He was born around the year 5 AD into a devout Jewish family and, and was a Roman citizen by birth. He was born in the city of Tarsus in Cilicia, and, and that is now the present town of Tarsus in the southeastern corner of modern-day Turkey. And you see, I love that when we are dealing with biblical characters like Paul and, and of Tarsus, we're dealing with real historical people in real geographical places. This is not some once upon a time in a land far away fairy story. It's not. It's not. No, these are real people and real places and real stories. We have a little picture here of, of the church of St. Paul, which stands today in Tarsus. You can go visit it in the place where Paul was born. This church stands in memory of him, in honor of him. And we have a map as well showing some of the important places in Paul's story, including Tarsus, Jerusalem, Damascus, places again you can go visit today. Real places. Now a word on his, on his two names, Paul and Saul. Saul is the Hebrew version of his name and Paul is the Greek version. As Saul converted from Judaism to Christ and started to work more and more among the Gentiles than the Jews, so he increasingly used the name the Greek form of his name, Paul. And Paul is the version that I will use today throughout. It tells us he was descended from the Old Testament tribe of, of Benjamin. His parents were, were Pharisees. They were fervent Jewish nationalists. They had adhered strictly to the, the law of Moses. And whilst Paul would have been fluent in Greek, his everyday home language would have been Aramaic, a derivative of the Hebrew language of the Jewish people. And whilst Paul's family were Roman citizens, as devout Jews, they viewed Jerusalem as a truly sacred and holy city, a city towards which they would, they would turn in prayer three times a day, three times every day. Then as a child, Paul moved to Jerusalem to be tutored by this rabbi named Gamaliel. He learned under him, Paul mastered Jewish history, the teachings of the Old Testament. His education would continue for many, many years as he learned to to, direct, to dissect Scripture and as he learned to articulate the finer points of the law. Indeed, all the signs were pointing to, to Paul becoming a member of the, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish supreme court that ruled over Jewish life and religion. Paul was zealous for his Jewish faith and his zeal for Judaism gave this new movement of Jesus no quarter, absolutely no quarter whatsoever. Acts 7, it tells us, and here again, Paul, Paul, Paul mentions it in his own testimony. It tells us that Paul held the garments of those who stoned Stephen to death. You see, Stephen, the very first Christian martyr, died at the hands of Paul. And Paul was part of this terrible persecution that, that the church faced that we read of in Acts chapter 8. Paul was determined to eradicate Christianity. He was ruthless and merciless in his pursuit of Christians. <clears throat> and as for us, well, perhaps we might say that we've not done any of the murderous things that Paul did. Perhaps we haven't persecuted anyone or murdered innocent men and women and children. But who amongst us who amongst us can honestly say that we have always loved God with all our heart, with all our mind, 
with all our soul and with all our strength. And who amongst us can honestly say that we've always loved our neighbor as ourselves? None. None of us, not one of us. You see, we have all thought and said and done things that have offended God and that have offended our neighbor. The Bible calls it sin. We have all sinned and we are all sinners. And you see, left to our own devices, the wrath of a holy God is upon us. Just last week, we remembered Jesus' death on the cross. That first Good Friday, dying for our sins taking our punishment so that we can be forgiven and reconciled to the Father who loves us as we respond in faith to Him. And last Sunday, we celebrated the glorious good news that on that first Easter Sunday, Jesus defeated sin and death by rising again from the dead so that we could have life, life in all its fullness, even life eternal as we trust in Him. And you know, if we haven't yet put our trust in the risen Lord Jesus, then we've, we've missed Easter. We've missed Easter. And you know, there are many things that we can afford to miss as we go through life. But we can't afford to miss. We can't afford to miss Easter. We can't. We can't afford to miss Easter and the wonderful message of forgiveness and reconciliation and newness of life, eternal life, that it brings. So if you've not yet put your trust in the crucified and risen Lord Jesus for that forgiveness, that reconciliation, that life, then let me invite you, let me encourage you, let me implore you to do that, to do it this morning, to do it right now. And let this be your Easter day. So we see from our reading that everyone needs God's grace and we see also that no one is beyond God's grace. And just like Paul, if we haven't already, then we can turn to Jesus in faith today and receive that grace, that gift of salvation for ourselves. So Paul starts by telling what his life was like before he came to faith in Jesus. And as we share our stories of faith, we can start in that same place. Before you came to faith, what was your life like? We'll share something of what our life was like BC, I like to say, before Christ. Before we responded to the good news of the gospel. Before we started to follow Jesus. And we don't need to embellish it. We just be honest and we say what it was that brought us to Jesus for that new start. What was wrong that needed forgiveness and changing? What was missing in our lives that Jesus offered us? Then moving on in the second section, Paul, Paul's testimony, he tells us, verses 6 to 16, how he came to faith in Jesus. <clears throat> he says, about noon... About noon as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He replied, 
Then my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Paul goes on, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. You see, Paul was out to wipe out the church before departing on his journey from Jerusalem to Damascus. He had asked the high priest there for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that he could go there with permission to bring the Christians, the followers of the way, the followers of Jesus, to bring them back to Jerusalem, to imprison them, to punish them. But God had different ideas. And on the way to Damascus, Paul had an encounter with Jesus, the risen Lord. And you see, from that very moment on, Paul's life was turned right upside down. The light of the Lord blinded him, and as he traveled on, he had to rely on his companions. Paul was humbled. He relied on his companions. He continued into Damascus as Jesus had commanded And there Ananias, a follower of Jesus, he commanded healing and Paul was immediately healed and able to see again. And Ananias told Paul that you will be a witness for Jesus. And Paul got up, he called again on the name of Jesus, he he was forgiven of his sins, he got baptized and he started to live for Christ. So that's how Paul came to faith in Jesus. And when we're sharing our story, our testimony, that's the second thing we'll want to share. How you came to faith in Jesus. Was there a particular Bible passage? A particular individual or group? A particular event or process that that spoke to you and pointed you to Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord? And as we've seen some people come to faith in a very dramatic way like Paul, other people like Timothy growing up perhaps in a Christian home with a much more gradual journey to faith. Some people can name the exact time and place when they became Christians. Other people can't. For other people, it's over a period of time. But we must know that both the gradual, both the dramatic and the gradual are equally valid. God works in both ways. Was your coming to faith dramatic event like Paul? Was it more gradual process like Timothy? How did you encounter Jesus and come to put your trust in him? You see, as we prepare ourselves to give an answer for the hope that we have, we want to think about and how, we start, how we started our relationship with Jesus. Was there an individual or a group who witnessed to us? What was appealing about their lives, about their stories that pointed us to Jesus? 
And then thirdly and finally, as he witnessed for Jesus, as he shared his story, Paul told of verse 17 to 21, the difference Jesus made in his life. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from synagogue, one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. You see, Jesus made a huge difference in Paul's life. Jesus made all the difference in Paul's life. Paul went from being a, a church persecutor to being a church planter. Paul went from being a, a murderer to being a missionary to being a martyr for Jesus. Paul undertook three great missionary journeys. He, he set up many churches. He pastored the growing church under him. He wrote half of the New Testament. He wrote the, the letters to the, to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. All written by Paul. And in these 13 letters or epistles is where we find Paul's theology and a glimpse into his heart for God and his heart for people, his heart for mission and his heart for ministry. And the book of Acts written by Luke is where we find a historical overview of Paul's life and times. You see, following his conversion, Paul spent the remainder of his life proclaiming and serving the risen Christ throughout the Roman world. And often at great danger to himself. Paul did indeed die a martyr's death in Rome. But that's getting a little bit ahead of the story. Because we will look at the later days of Paul as we continue in the book of Acts in coming weeks. But just like Paul, as we tell our story, we can share of what, was like, what life was like before we came to faith in Jesus. How we came to faith. And then thirdly and finally for this morning, we share something about the change in our life since coming to faith in Jesus. What difference has Jesus made in our lives? What difference has becoming a Christian made in our life? What has changed? What are the blessings? What has been the cost to us? What are our ongoing struggles? What has God been doing recently in our lives? And we share this, we just be honest and gracious and point people to the grace and truth of Jesus. We graciously and honestly share our story, which always points people to Jesus and gives him the glory. And then we might invite a friend to take the next step of faith. That might simply be arranging to meet them again and, and praying for them in the meantime. Or perhaps you might wish to give them some other resources, such as perhaps offering them a little Why Jesus booklet or a, a Bible or some other appropriate piece of literature at an appropriate time. You might want to invite them along to a church service or to some other church group or organization or activity or event. Or perhaps maybe they're ready to take that step of putting their faith in Jesus as their own personal Savior and Lord. And you know, there's just nothing more thrilling or more humbling than to, 
than to lead someone to Jesus. There's not. So let us be expectant. Let us be expectant and let us be prepared. Because God is at work. He's on the move. Let us be expectant and let us be prepared to to lead people to Jesus so that we can best help them with their next step of faith. So that we can best follow up and encourage them. And let us as a staff team help in whatever way we can. Let us as church family together help one another as best we can in our own walk and helping others in their walk. So just as I finish, using the model that we see Paul using this morning in the telling of his story of God's grace, here in Acts 22, we see that there are three areas to bear in mind in preparing your testimony, preparing your story, in sharing your story. What your life was like before you came to faith in Christ. How you came to faith in Him. And the difference Jesus has made in your life. So let us be praying. Let us be praying for our families, our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues. That as the Lord is at work by His Spirit and His Word and His church, He would give us opportunity to share our story of faith with them. Let us be preparing thinking about the people whom we will be sharing and preparing to share our story with them in the way that will best connect with them. And let us be sharing, speaking the truth in love, respectfully telling our stories and offering our friends an invitation to take a step of faith, to take a step of faith towards the crucified, risen Lord Jesus Christ to him alone be all the glory both now and forever Amen Amen shall we pray together for a moment let us pray just as the risen Lord was present to Paul on the road to Damascus that day so by his spirit and his word he is present with us here in this place today working amongst us by His Spirit and His Word. So we take a moment in the silence and in His presence and in our own hearts just to respond to what He's doing, to what He's saying to us this morning. Let's take that moment in the silence to respond to Him. Father God, we thank you for this amazing God story. This amazing God story of grace. This story that tells us that everyone needs your grace. And that tells us thankfully that no one is beyond your grace. We look at Paul's story, we look at our own lives. And Father, we just thank you that we have a story to share. Every one of us, different story. Every one of us encountering you and relating to you personally and individually. But every story, a grace story, a good news story, a God-glorifying story. So, Father, help us to be people who are in prayer for our families, our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. 
praying for opportunity to share our story. Help us to be people who are preparing, preparing to share in the most effective way as you lead. And help us to be people who are sharing, speaking the truth in love. Help us to be good communicators, Lord. Telling of what our life was like before we came to faith in you. Of how we came to faith. And the difference that you have made in our lives and continue to make in our lives. And Lord, if there's anyone here who hasn't yet stepped into that relationship with you, may today be their Easter day. May today be the day when they acknowledge, respond, and encounter the risen Lord Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives, but we thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. We thank you that you who began a good work in us will continue that until the day of Jesus' return. And then you will make us just like Jesus. And we pray all these things for your glory, in the power of your spirit, and in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.